This is the ninth episode of the Crew Only Podcast with Unit PA Heath Cottingham. Welcome to the Crew Only Podcast. My name is Jasmine Porter, a freelance television and film professional. Each episode, I'll bring you a unique crew member from a different department to discuss their role in making a film. We'll give you exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and advice on how you can get your start, too. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to The Crew Life. Hello, everybody. Right now, I'm here with Keith Cottingham, who is the unit PA for the Locations Department on a feature film here in Buffalo, New York. Keith, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Jaslyn. How you doing? It's a pleasure. I'm good. <laughs> I want to say thanks for being here. It's Saturday. We're fresh off of work from last night, so thanks for coming here and meeting with me on your day off. I really appreciate it. I know you could have been doing anything you wanted on Saturday. Oh, this is the most important thing of my day. (laughs) So, Heath, this is your third production job. Can you tell us a little bit about the other work that you've done and how you got to this point where you are right now? How I got to this point? Yeah. I responded to an email <laughs> through the media studies list serve at UB. Okay. Uh, You're a UB graduate? Uh, yes. Uh, Devin Brady, the mm-hmm. uh, assistant production coordinator for Coldbrook, Coldbrook that we worked on. On 2016? That's, that's 16. Se- 16. I mean, it's 17, but it's coming out this okay. year. Um, she reached out to me because the producer, Shane, needed mm-hmm. an assistant, which is where I met Zach, too. Um, so I, I came in under that position, but day one of, of shooting, the producer saw that I had a little more initiative, Yeah. and he himself didn't really need assisting after pre-production had finished, so he paired me up with Justin who's the location manager for this film we're working on now. Yeah. So that's how I got into it, (laughs) and that's where I am. All right, so that was an internship being in locations. So now this is like an actual position, a UNIPA, you're getting paid for it. What is different between, all right, the internship, doing that, and now actually being paid for it? Um, Accountability. Yeah. I mean, I remember one day on Coldbrook, uh, Matt Fleck gave me a check Who for the. Matt Fleck? He was the uh, first AD on okay. that one. Uh, he gave me a check for the the picture car driver. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first taste of accountability, just when I was an intern. But uh, actually being like a, a crew member yeah. this time around, um, you know, I'm dealing with some more logistical things you know uh, I've been handed the keys to certain locations that we've shot at so um, which is a big deal yes and I'm trying to handle that responsibility yeah and how uh, how new it is yeah it's a lot I mean because as an intern it's like okay you were working in locations but now actually like being a crew member being paid for like it's not like, oh, it's intern. Like, it's okay. They made a mistake. You know, it's like, all right, no, you, you can't, like, screw up here. Like, they're going to hold you accountable for everything you do. And it's it's more pressure, I would say. Obviously, like, being an intern, you have expectations, but people don't expect as much. But when you're a crew member, it's like, there's no room for, yeah, uh, for I'm, an error. I'm always trying to avoid the, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> have somebody said that? No, it's just, it, but it's in the back of my mind. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to mess up that bad where nobody ever wants to hire me again. Yeah. 
but people tell me that I'm doing well. Yeah. So. so what are some of your responsibilities that you have to do as a unit PA for the locations department? Well, I'm, I'm just helping the location manager mm -hmm. uh, who has to deal with all the externalities yeah. that come with shooting. So the production department, you know, they're responsible for making sure nobody, like, crosses in front of the camera mm -hmm. or... Uh, you know, make sure somebody has like a hot brick. Yeah. Uh, locations. Like the set PAs. Yes, the set PAs. The locations PAs. You know, um, a good locations department goes unnoticed. Okay. Just because they they'll often be on top of things as far as you know making sure there's bathrooms on set, taking out the garbage. Uh, uh, notifying the neighbors so to be quiet during rolls <laughs> like guys don't be loud during this time yes. we're gonna be filming yes so i've i've done all of that so far and um that's that's basically just taking care of the things that production uh is too busy to do yeah the set piece so do you ever get like angry neighbors or like have you ever had an experience where like i guess you say the public is like annoyed that this film crew is filming in their neighborhood I'm yes. I'd I'd be <laughs> All right, lying. Tell us the story. Oh, jeez. Well, we were. Uh, 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 this is on this production. Uh, we had to move uh, the vehicles of residents living on the street. Um, so you had to move people's cars. Well, if they would give us the keys, uh, oh, some wow. of them uh, were more reluctant and wanted to move it themselves. Yeah. Others didn't want to move their vehicles at, at all, all because, well, we had to park the, the trucks, trucks on the street. Yeah. And uh, John Long, the transpo captain, who's uh, my one of my favorite crew members. He's awesome. He needed at least 200 feet of clearance uh, along the street in front of the set. So... I, we measured it out, and I made a judgment call to because one of the angry neighbors was like, "Where am I supposed to move my car to?" Because there wasn't parking near on the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. It was such that, you know, no parking that day, okay. and they had concerns that the police would ticket them. So, I I made a judgment call to have him park just beyond where we measured the two hundred feet, mm -hmm. but John. Wanted to make sure he had some wiggle room. Yeah. Was a little uh, upset with me when he had to pull right up to that car. I, I, I didn't give him... Enough wiggle space. Yeah, just... It, it was kind of rough, Tight. but I wouldn't... And so I go up to the neighbor, and I'm like, can I move your car again? <laughs> and he's, he's just like, no, who's in charge here? And so uh, Bobby, the, the assistant location manager... Had to be like, all right, we, we won't touch it. You know, wow. have a good day. So was John able to, like, fit in? Yes, the trucks. Yeah, were, he's a good driver, so. he John is a good driver. <laughs> I remember a quick story on uh, Clover. I had to, like, bring something in, and I couldn't, like, I had to, like, turn the car around. It was just a bunch of stuff, and I couldn't really do all that. And at the time, I didn't know, like, John as John as I know him now. But I remember he was like, I'll do it for you. Like, I'll help you. And I'm like, yeah, because... I wouldn't have been able to do it. But, yeah, from now, I was like, yeah, he's he's good. He's no, He knows what he's doing. He, he's got to figure it out. He's a gift to yeah. this crew. So would you say that it's, like, kind of a dirty job? Like, it's not, like, a fun, glamorous job that people ever think of? 
Yes. There <laughs> there are the glamorous jobs, yeah. like uh, being the director of photography mm-hmm. or being like the script supervisor where, yeah. you know, you, the, the most rigorous thing you have to do is is sit in the uh, in the big like director's type mm-hmm. chairs, yeah, and just keep your eyes on set. Uh, locations, uh, set PAs, set dress. Those are all like the make it happen jobs, yeah. where you know um, you often go unnoticed, and it. it but can if you be... don't do your job, everybody will notice. Right. Uh, it's it's difficult sometimes, but um, you know it's someone's got to do it. Yeah. Would you say that you enjoy it? I do. I enjoy, you know, being the go-to guy mm-hmm. when uh, like the director is like, "What's the Wi-Fi?" and I I have it just like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I take pride in that being um, dependable. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, I mean, it can be it can be tiresome to like put out a, a butt can for the uh, crew members who smoke, smoke cigarettes, and then have to sweep up cigarette butts at the end of the day mm, yeah. that miss their mark. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure a lot of them miss it. Uh, more than a few. <laughs> what are some challenges that you guys, for you personally, that you face? Interacting with strangers. Hmm. Uh, a lot you just of don't know how job. they're going to react, right? Right. I, I don't have, like, a, a go-to script when I have to tell, you know, a, a vendor that we need, you know, such and such floor protectant. Mm-hmm. Or just, just asking favors. It's a lot of who you know. Yeah. And because I don't know many people, uh, I, I struggle in that regard. What are your typical hours on set? I'm, I'm usually first to get there last to leave okay so how many hours is that roughly it's more than 12 um not to give chris bonjour a heart attack Mm -hmm. but um you know anywhere from 11 to 15 hours 15 hours man that's long and then you're like again if you finish late the next morning you still have to be like the first person there yes like the, the cones need to be in place or uh, the tables need to be set out for breakfast. It's there's a lot to do if you don't finish appropriately. And that's all the locations. Like they handle any signs, the cones, setting up. Like you guys set up the tents, all that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah, the crew's an army, and yeah. so an army needs to have a place to eat, uh, to use the restroom, and it falls on locations. To you do guys got to make it happen. Right. So is this something that you want to progress in? Like, do you want to move up in the locations department? Well, this is my third time around doing locations, mm-hmm. uh, and not to say, oh, I'm, I'm leaving for good, Yeah, <laughs> but I, I would like one of the glamorous jobs. Yeah, you want to try something that's a little bit more, like what? What would you want to try? I would like DIT or be the, like a post supervisor, the person who's, who's doing the dailies. Yeah. Anything that gets me in front of like a keyboard. Uh, maybe script supervision because yeah I, I feel like I have talents in those areas that yeah. aren't aren't being used taking out the garbage yeah you're like I don't want to just keep taking out garbage for people and 
you know, I, I take pride in that I I do my job well. Yeah. But, but it's not ultimately where you want to stay in. I'm like, you looking wanna for be- greener pastures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I want to talk to you about, Heath, is some of your experiences on Colebrook. Because that was my first internship, and that was where I first met you. What was that experience like for you? It was intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea the logistics that went into making a film. Mm-hmm. Even the small things, like, you know, for, for however many days of pre-production there were, you know, we still neglected to cover all the exit signs in the, mm-hmm. in the history museum we shot at. Or um, I remember uh, <laughs> one of the one of the like exhibits misspelled uh the word turbulent uh remember that i don't remember that the was art, it in one of the scenes the art department misspelled oh, the word turbulent on the thing uh, i don't remember that so where were we at that that was at the um buffalo natural history museum buffalo national is that over near like elmwood like near buff state yes okay I don't remember that, though, that they spelled it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But they fixed it before the roll. Um, but, yeah, uh, I remember, you know, it's it's a spectacle when you get there. Yeah. But it's also uh, interesting to find, you know, there's an AC unit we didn't know about mm-hmm. that we need to get shut off because it's interfering with sound. So it's it made me appreciate how much planning goes ahead. Mm-hmm. So... Aside from just being, like, in the locations department, I wanted to talk about, like, what are some of your frustrations generally about being a PA that you have? You know, like, a PA is, essentially, we're, like, on the, you know, we're on the end of it. You know, we're on the bottom of everything. So, not just in your department, but what do you feel, I don't know, maybe frustrations, even things that you appreciate about being PA? Like, what do you have to say? Well, I'm not going to lash out against uh, any of the ADs Mm -hmm. who are wonderful people. Uh, uh, Matt Fleck in particular, he's, he's the best AD I've had to work with, but, um, I don't know, some, some, some issues that you can't really avoid is when, uh, you know, the assistant director will call for, um, you know, a, a, like a chair Mm -hmm. for one of the talent. And I'll be I'll be coming in with a chair and trying to say on walkie like I uh, flying in now, but I'll get stepped on by like the key PA, okay? Because uh, you know sometimes. What do you mean stepped on? Oh, so when when you're working with walkie talkies, uh, and at, almost everyone on the crew has one, uh, especially on channel one, you can. This is the main channel. Yes, the productions channel. Um, you know, uh, people can talk over each other, and it's not usually a problem when you're rolling camera and rolling sound, but when requests go out, you know, let's say uh, someone's asking for like an iced coffee, Mm -hmm. and I'm standing right next to Crafty, and I I can get it more easily than somebody locking up the other side of the building. Because you're already there. Um... It's happened more than once that I've I've been trying to relay that I'm on it, mm-hmm. but uh, other members of the crew will uh, 
say, oh, we'll get that right to you. And, and You think you're just not fast enough saying it on the walkie? Well, everyone's anxious to respond to the... Because if, if yeah. the, the AD doesn't get a response, he'll repeat himself. Yeah. Or he'll he be upset. like... He or she will get upset. Yes. Uh, so that's like my one grievance. Yeah. Being a PA. Other than that, it's, it's fine. What are some other frustrations you have? Like just when you think of like the whole... Not even just with the ADs, but just in general being a PA, like on set. Some of them. Like, what are some things you're like, uh, being a PA, like maybe we don't get appreciated for this, or like I do enjoy being a PA because of certain things? I I don't think I am underappreciated. Uh, that's actually um, something of note is how much recognition I'm getting uh, more so okay. now in my like newer position. Other frustrations, um, well, oh, here's a thing. On the first day of Cold Brook, um, there was a, somebody kicked out uh, an extension, a stinger. Okay. And it was right in front of me, and I was going to reach down and plug it back in. Uh, and then Kyle Mecca goes, no! Like, do not do that. Because that's the electrics, and you yeah. can't touch... Um, not at all. <laughs> ...what's not in your department. Cut to yesterday, or like two days ago. We're in the stage, and um, uh, a fan is, like, cooling down the talent, but they're about to roll, so it needs to turn off, and I can't find the off switch. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, like, the same AD's looking at me, that was on Coldbrook, and Matt goes, Heath, can you turn that fan off? And and I'm I'm looking down at the plug. You're like, and I have it in hand, and I'm making eye contact with anybody who I think would tell me otherwise. Yeah, you're like, am I supposed to do this? And then I just I unplug it, and it's no issue. So maybe that's um, like you don't know a frustration. So, like I I understand that exactly because on some films things are a certain way, right? And then you work on another film, and then, like, maybe you get yelled at because you did this or you weren't supposed to do that, and you're like, I don't know. Like, I can't keep up. Like, it's always changing, so you never know. Like, in general, some things are standard, but some little things you're just like, I don't know. Like, am I going to get in trouble for this? They told me not to do it, but then I worked on this film, and they said do it. Like, right. I just feel like you're all, like, sometimes we're just kind of always confused. My boss, Justin Hank, uh, was on a shoot in New York City, and there was a pile of glass. I think it might have been just like uh, candy glass, mm -hmm. you know, the set dress, set dress stuff. Uh, but he was going to sweep it up, uh, and he got chewed out for it because, you know, it's it's like a union shoot, and that you have to leave that for the art department or or yeah. the set dressers. Um, so yeah, he's had a that experience too where you're just like I don't you know you don't you're trying know. to help out exactly you don't really know until you get yelled at for doing something I always say like if there was I think somebody I can't remember who said it but if there was like any instructions for being a PA it's just like people kind of yelling at you pretty much yelling at you when you've done something wrong otherwise you know you don't know if you're doing it right or wrong until somebody kind of yells at you and say don't do it like that or like they they're screaming at you so it's kind of interesting kind of being a PA so what experience did you have in college like did you have a did you go for television and film I went to college for biomedical sciences how did and, all right 
Because I was I was good at science in high school. So I, how did you make that transition? Like, all right, screw that. I'm going to do film. Well, I adopted uh, a media studies major as like a second major mm-hmm. um, junior year because I wanted to get academic credit for the videos I'd be making in my spare time anyway. And then that sort of took over as my... Uh, priority. Yeah, you enjoyed that more? Yes, I enjoyed it and I wanted to develop my skills um, because I just, I had been making videos uh, since high school uh, as like just a pastime Mm -hmm. but also considering that as like a potential career and uh, I, I just thought I'd be maybe like a youtube person if <laughs> okay. i ever if i made anything yeah uh viral but when i answered devin's email and joined did she send it crew, specifically to you or she just sent it out to the department? so it, it was just a, a broad uh distro email to okay. the the department at school asking if someone would want to be an assistant mm-hmm and I responded, and I didn't hear back for like two and a half weeks. Oh wow! Probably just because you guys would be busy. Yeah, um, I wasn't checking emails. I was I was an intern, so it wasn't coming to me. <laughs> I I don't fault you for it, Jaslyn. But um, yeah, I didn't anticipate ending up here after I graduated, um, or just while I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, in retrospect, I would have spent more of my college years. Uh, developing skills with the more intricate equipment because that's all college is when you're yeah. in this kind of industry is play with these expensive Equipment. equipments because you won't be able to when you get out right and if you it's expensive if you break it in college you know they they'll be easier on you if yeah. you were like a freelance person exactly just a rando so in Looking back, I wish I spent more time with Avid. Uh, I would say Adobe, but I, I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time at Adobe. Um, DaVinci Resolve, uh, Silverstack Lab. I think I'm saying that right. I, I was. I don't even know what any. Of, I don't know what that is. What is that? Well, that's what Travis is using for the the post supervision. That's oh, what he uses wow. to to uh, offload the dailies. Yeah. Or offload the clips and then make the dailies. So, I had I spent time in college doing that... You'll be a little bit more prepared to actually... I might have been able to help Travis, um, who's who's working here overnight. Yeah, because he has to upload all that film that we just did for the day. Right. Wow, so... I, do you plan on ever using your other degree? Like do you, the do biomedical you still, science yeah, do you one? still have an interest in that at all? I do. You know, if I could find a way to use both of them, uh, on like a maybe Neil like deGrasse doc- Tyson production, yeah, like a documentary. Um, you know, Zach uh, is really into documentaries. Like maybe you guys could do something. Zach together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like into doing documentaries. So like maybe you guys could like get together and I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So before we finish up, um, I know you said like that's some of the stuff you would want to maybe go back and do in school, like learn more about the techni- technical stuff. Um, do you feel like school is worth it for anybody who wants to go into film? Well, it is. Um, 
I would say it is just because, you know, that's how I got on my first movie. Mm-hmm. But if you have a friend or a relative who's already in the industry you want to be... That's kind of all you need. Yes. Um, that that might have been um, a, a sufficient alternative to going to, to school, school for it. Just because had I, had I gotten on maybe Marshall or any of the films earlier, uh, you know, w- while I was in high school, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be working locations right now. I would have one of the glamorous positions. Yeah. Just because um, I would be at that skill level. So, but, but many people uh, exiting high school aren't certain where they want to end up. Anyway. Especially, no one was going to tell me in school that I could be a dailies colorist or a DIT. Yeah, it's like those are not even like in our mind, right? So when they talk about careers, it's like, okay, a lawyer, a doctor. But it is interesting that you said that, right? You have like a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher. You know, you have those kind of things, but there's never this idea of like being a script supervisor. And I just feel like there's so many jobs aside from the film industry that people have no idea about. And I feel like sometimes it's too late, you know, like you go to, you get out of high school and you go right to college because you were taught about certain jobs. And then you get out of school and five years into working, you're like, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could, you know, and now you kind of feel like, I don't know, is it too late? Like, did I waste school? Because you just, this whole world opened to you that you had no idea. Yeah, definitely getting out the house uh, and trying to figure out what opportunities are there. It's Kyle Mecca. Is it really? Yeah, it's Kyle Mecca. We can, we can have him sit in on this, maybe. I interviewed him. Oh, uh, yeah? I did, yeah, a couple weeks ago. He's coming in now. He's trying to get seconds. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, maybe to my detriment, trying to be a, like a YouTube video editor. Yeah. You know, uh, not stepping out of the house until mm-hmm. um, I got on, like, the first movie. That might have been to my detriment just because I might have met uh, Chris Bonjourn is somewhere else or Kyle or yeah. somebody. So it's just things to consider, um, it, like exposure. Yeah, I think that's the thing too. It's like, especially, I will be honest, Buffalo is not like this. It's not New York City or LA, right? It's not a huge film city. It's be, it's like a... It's, it's coming up, It's like sure. a proto-Atlanta. It's... Or like a Pittsburgh. I wouldn't say Atlanta. Atlanta is kind of like... Atlanta's huge right now in film. But it is coming up. But I don't think... uh, Like, even a lot of people don't know that there's still movies being made here. So it's not something that they talk about or advertise in schools. I feel like if you're in New York City or LA, there's more exposure to the the jobs that you can work on a film. But in Buffalo, I just don't think it's... People are talking about it as much unless you're in that... In the film community... I don't think it's really being advertised of that. All right, you can possibly do this because people don't really know about it. Right. So I think that makes it a little bit difficult. But I do wish there was more exposure for people. All right, I'm opening the door for Kyle. Say hi. Here we are with Heath. (laughs) (laughs) So I interviewed Kyle, what, like two weeks ago, Kyle Mecca? Yeah. And now he's back. I'm back. He's just Uh, taking over. You know, I decided to come be a special guest today. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Kyle. We enjoy having you here today. Because I, I... 
never like seeing Heath take any of the spotlight. Oh man, it's my <laughs> my fifteen minutes go by like that. That's it. Fifteen minutes of fame is gone already. Yeah. Everyone Kyle. else's podcast can be forty minutes. And oh no, it'll only be fifteen because it's just. We're already actually at almost thirty. Oh, so you're right. We got a lot to edit out. We gotta cut it out. <laughs> gotta cut it out. All right, have fun, guys. All right, thanks, Kyle. Something else. Something else. So before we finish up, give some advice to just PAs in general. Like, maybe some things that you would change. Like, what would you want to say to them? Have an idea of where you want to end up Mm -hmm. at the ready for when the important guy walks past you. Mm -hmm. Or when you're taking the director's parking ticket and reimbursing him at the end of the day. Yeah. And he asks you, what did you go to school for? Yeah. Be be ready to just spit out a 10-second reply that would pique their interest enough to call upon you like half a decade later and be like, oh, are you an established such and such? Mm-hmm. That might be wishful thinking, but... Um, I wouldn't even, like, you, not even necessarily a director. Like, that could happen, but it could be anybody on the set, you know, like an AD, anybody. Just kind of have an idea of what you want to do because people will ask, and you never know if somebody will call in a year or two years and say, hey, like, I know you wanted to do this. How's that going? Like, do you need any help, an internship or, you know, a position? So it's not even necessarily like, oh, a director, you're going to find a director and he's going to help you. Well, I mean... Yeah, maybe not the director, mm-hmm. but you know who on the the crew that I didn't anticipate having a pretty personal relationship with? Yeah. The writer. Oh, wow. Todd's Todd? been super nice to me. Awesome. And I've, I've gotten to know him, and uh, unfortunately, I, I couldn't work the music video that he directed. Yeah. But, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about, you know, um, what what he wants to do, uh, and his experiences and what I want to do. Well, um, you know, (laughs) I was jokingly asking him, like, are you starting to write the sequel? Uh, But he, yeah, (laughs) he, he's looking to, um, you know, work on like a couple more projects. Uh, Steve Crown, the producer, you know, he has, uh, we, I was talking to him late last at the um, crew, like, pre-production rap party Mm -hmm. and he was giving me so many hot takes on uh because he's like a professor too uh on films that are underrated or overrated uh and that's the relationship that i didn't anticipate having yeah and had i known that i would have that 10 or 15 minutes with him i wish i I wish I may have prepared for it more. You, so basically, like, you just got to always be prepared. Always be prepared. Yeah, you never know when that moment is, that those 15 minutes, that five minutes. Always be prepared to, like, speak up for yourself and, like, somewhere in that conversation. Like, listen, you know, have a genuine conversation, but I guess it's like you just never know. Be prepared to kind of offer, like, you know, what your strengths are, what you want to do. Like, offer that because that might pique somebody's interest, like you said, and you never know where it can kind of take you or they remember or they call you in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Heath, thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate your advice and just talking. Um, it's because it is interesting. You don't know what relationships you'll develop on a film set. So again, just always be prepared. You know, kind of have an idea of what you want to do or where you want to go because you never know who you're talking to. And if you say the right thing to somebody, you just don't know where it'll take you in a couple of years. Because one thing I've learned is doesn't matter if it's five years or ten years, you'll probably always end up meeting somebody again that you've worked with. So you just never know. 
Well, thank you, Jaslyn. Of course. I, I know I'm not the the high flying, you know, tr- triple first key, like crew member. No, but I mean, I love to get the perspective of the PA. You know what I mean? Like it's like our entry level position, so it's interesting to kind of get our perspective of everything, because everybody's perspective on said and their job is going to be different like how they see things and so I think it's just interesting to see like for you how do you see things are going as the PA for locations so thank you Heath see you on the next one oh yeah I want to thank you all so much for tuning into the ninth episode of the crew only podcast with Heath Kyingen. If you guys learned something new, if you found the conversation interesting, or even if you didn't like it, send me a DM on IG at Jaslyn Porter. I want to know what you thought about it. Make sure you guys share this podcast with your friends. I want to make sure we're getting this information out to anyone who wants and needs to hear it. As always, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I have Melanie Morse, who's a locations manager and the founder of a production company called Honey and Punch. We're going to talk about how she balances the two. You don't want to miss it.